Hi, friends and listeners. This is Anna East Eden. You're listening to your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, Stephen. This is Emily Proctor calling you. Hi, Stephen. It's Melissa Anderson calling. Mr. Brittingham, this is Bill Duke. How are you, sir? Stephen, this is Patrick Duffy. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham. Your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. For more guest and show news, please visit the all-new website by going to hollywoodbeyond.net. Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. You can contact host Stephen Brittingham anytime by email. Send your thoughts or feedback to hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. And now, here's your host, Stephen Brittingham. Hi, everyone. My special guest today is actress Sarah Barbieri, a very talented young lady who is here to discuss her leading role in director and writer Wes Hurley's film, Potato Dreams of America. This autobiographical film features both dark comedy moments combined with more dramatic moments and centers around a young gay boy growing up in the Soviet Union back in the 80s who has a love for American cinema and television. Unfortunately, the only way he can view any of these films and shows is via bootleg copies. Sarah portrays his compassionate mother, who was a mail-order bride seeking to find a way to bring them both to America. And now on to my delightful and insightful conversation with the very talented actress Sarah Barbieri. Potato, where's your red scarf? I won't wear it. What? The red stands for all the blood that was spilt for the revolution. I won't wear your stupid communist bloodthirsty scarf. You can't keep that from me. Give it to me! Tell me more about your mom. My mom is my best friend. A divorced woman with a child should be begging strangers on the street to move in with her. Grandma, don't be dumb. You'll hear what he said to me. Because you're dumb. What's going on? Just you wait. Do you think you have a future? I can't let myself think about the future. It's like the American movies. Why do you think the hero always wins in the end? Because they're in America. Do you know anyone that gets to do what they like? No. I wanted to be a ballerina. You see me dancing? Are you tired of Russian men? Interested in meeting men from America? Please let me marry this kind man, this John. Let me bring Potato to America so he's safe and doesn't get drafted into the Russian army. Must be a big culture shock for you going to an American school, huh? People come to this country and they lose their beautiful heritage. Oh, happy you came. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
heard of your accent. Marasha, but I do not like talking about it. Our lives are like Russian movies. Nothing good ever happens. Bad guys always win. Then believe in American movies. Welcome, friends and listeners, to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews and conversations. I am your host, actor and writer Stephen Brittingham, coming to you today from the city of Cincinnati. Thanks so much for listening. As mentioned during the opening segment, Actress Sarah Barbieri is visiting the podcast to share more insight into her role in Potato Dreams of America. Seen throughout the first portion of writer-director Wes Hurley's ambitious auto-biopic of a young gay Russian immigrant who finds much joy and inner peace watching pirated television broadcasts of 80s movies, all the while being caught up in the Soviet Union as it begins to see communism eventually fall. Sarah gave such an impressive and standout performance in the film. Absolutely outstanding. It will also be nice to learn more about Sarah's artistic journey. Welcome, Sarah, to Hollywood and Beyond. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You are most welcome. It's uh, so very nice to be speaking with you today. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Well, first things first, where are you happening to be joining me from today? Um, I'm in Seattle, Washington. Very nice. And as I mentioned, I'm here in the Queen City of Cincinnati in Ohio. And uh, once again, welcome to the podcast. Well, before we discuss your your performance that impressed me so much, definitely a standout performance, a very interesting film, Potato Dreams of America. I would love to know, um, how did your journey into artistic projects begin for you? H- how did you develop an interest with acting? Yeah, it was kind of circuitous, actually, I feel so many people when they're asked this question, they're like, oh, I know I, I knew I wanted to be an actor when I was five years old and I first saw a movie. But um, I did acting just like in little kid plays when I was, I don't know, 10 or so. And I loved it. It made me so happy. But then right when I hit puberty, I got so scared and I couldn't um, I couldn't do anything. I was just mortified. So then I just I stopped and I did other things and I didn't necessarily feel like there was a hole in my life or anything. But then when I was in college, I, on a whim, decided to take an acting class. And um, it, I guess, made me realize what it felt to truly love something. So then from there, I finally admitted to myself over a couple of years that it was what I wanted to do for a living. So yeah, <laughs> that brought me, <laughs> brought me to where I am today. Thanks for sharing that. So it sounds like that there was a process going on there. It took a while for you to fully realize and grasp maybe the concept that that you would like to become much more involved with acting. Yeah, I think that um, 
it was something that was sort of, I, I don't want to say difficult to admit to myself because that sounds dramatic, but it's kind of hard to say like, yeah, I want to, I want to do this super amorphous, really unsteady work for the rest of my life. I, I really want to give that a try. And it's, um, you know, I went to college for something completely different. And I think that it was just kind of an odd admission where I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll take this totally different path that I didn't see myself doing. Um, but I'm really, really happy that I did because I truly love it so much. And when you shared the news with family and friends, do you recall the immediate reaction that you received? I think uh, for... Honestly, I was thinking back on that the other day, and I don't know if there was really much of a response. It was like, oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For some of my friends, like, I I asked them at one point, like, was it weird that I'm doing this now? And they were like, no, it makes sense, because you've always, you know, you've always been artistic in other ways, but it's just a different expression of that. So, yeah, I think it made sense to people, I guess. (laughs) Makes sense to me. So it means that I have the right friends and family surrounding me. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful to have a group of friends and family that is supportive, that maybe aren't going to try to have you second guess yourself or throw a lot of uh, shady doubt your way, so to speak. But rather, we're like, hey, if you want to do it, you go right ahead, Sarah, because we've noticed your artistic light and spirit already. Maybe if you didn't know that we were aware of that. So that's great. What an interesting um, process for you in, in, in becoming an actress and being involved with artistic projects. I would like to say up front that I think you made a excellent choice based on the results I've seen. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> well, you know, before we discuss um, this film, I would like to ask you about a short film that I saw you in. Uh, pretty much it just has oh. you in it and twice. And that would be, I believe, from 2021, last year, called Bloom. And basically, it's about identical twin sisters who haven't really been speaking for a very long time, for years, perhaps. They get reunited for this road trip. And it's very emotional, especially after it's known that one of them tried to take their own life. And I just have to say, that was the first thing I viewed of your work, and I was instantly impressed. And I just wanted to ask you what that experience was like for you. Oh, thank you. It's, it's so great that you saw that. Um, yeah, it was it was a really interesting experience because... Um, I was definitely initially really daunted. I had been offered the role of um, one of the sisters, the the more, um, if you could say on the surface, put together one. And I was going to be acting opposite another actress, but um, she dropped out last minute. So the directors were like, do you just want to do both of them? And I was like, Duh, no. <laughs> but, oh my. Um, but, no pressure then, or anything. Um, yeah, but then I was like, uh, I guess. And yeah, it was it was a really, really interesting experience. And I think a really unique one because I was able to um, approach two different characters that um, just are so just are so extremely different in the same day, you know, like half the day I'd be one of the sisters and then the other half of the day I'd be the other one. And um, it was really challenging creatively, I would say, but also really gratifying to um, have an opportunity that I think is extremely unique. And then also, um, I don't 
get the opportunity to play very dark characters that often, but I really kind of, I guess, statistically like to. Um, I think it's fascinating. And yeah, so having the opportunity to play the more troubled sister as well as um, the one that I was initially offered was, was really, really cool. And yeah, just a really unique experience. It was awesome. I bet. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking about, you know, how reactions uh, are so important with acting, you know, seeing the reaction of your yeah. co-star or the person you're doing a scene with and 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 it's just you. So obviously on on the positive side, you might have an idea of how you're going to respond when you're the other sister, but at the same time you're saying lines, you know, and it's just you. I assume so, somebody was yeah. reading the lines of the other sister. Is that how they did it when they were filming it? Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I had um, uh, Chloe. Was her name? She was a great um, stand-in who was like gotcha. so much more than a stand-in, and she like definitely put a lot, um, a lot into it. So it made it much easier to, yeah. It's so ah, natural. The results are so natural. You know, I had to do a double take. I'm like, because at first, I honestly did not know you were portraying both parts i just knew you were you know, know. the lead I in it and i started it and i started going you know that other girl really does look like her and i was like wait a minute that is her <laughs> i know yeah it's funny i um that's when the directors were like sending it around for first uh kind of first impressions that was what they were told a lot and then i was working on my reel and i was getting some input from one of my acting coaches and uh, we were talking about it and she was like yeah, so I don't know. I feel like that one scene, it might be better for the other actor. So is there something else that, that you could use? And I was like, oh, ha ha. And she's like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm both of them. And she was like, oh, oh, what? And so then she was like, I think you should put an addendum that says that you're both of them. Because I genuinely didn't know that. Yeah. It's funny. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it, it, it's such an important topic, of course. And I walked yeah. away thinking about the subject matter even more in depth, which obviously would be hopefully one of the main goals after one views this. It's also the kind of short film where folks could sit around and discuss it, like in a class or something, I feel like that like that would be something beneficial. And I think that it was very haunting in many ways, uh, without giving anything away, like the, the last moment really caught me off guard, a certain reaction that you had, because I honestly did not anticipate it at that moment. And the way it ended... I guess, mm -hmm. really grabbed me. So congratulations on a job well done. And if people are listening and would like to see it, it is available on YouTube. That's how I came across it, actually. Thank you. Well, let's shift gears to, um, well, fortunately, it's only one character for you to portray in, in, in this film. <laughs> but that does not diminish, wow, uh, the undertaking that you had to endured to prepare for this role. So that's really uh, something I cannot wait to ask you about is your preparation to portray a real person, no less. But how did the opportunity to appear in this film first arrive for you? Yeah, it just came, um, came through like any other audition um, in my inbox from my agent, uh, just a self-tape. Um, and I pretty instantly knew that it was special. It's such a unique story. And I definitely had never had an opportunity like that before. So yeah, I was, I was 
pretty instantly exciting. And then luckily everything fell into place and I was eventually offered the role. So, yeah. Well, I tell you what, I just really enjoyed watching you perform. Like I'm already uh, looking forward to whatever you will be doing down the road. Um, I have no doubt that it will be exceptional and I look forward to that. Now, this, of course, the first part of the film for sure is set in the, I believe, mid to late 80s range. Um, Potato, mm-hmm. as I mentioned way back during the opening segment of the episode, you know, is a real person. But uh, while you're in the film, he is a young boy. And I'm just wondering, um, the 80s, is, is that a decade that you have a fondness for? I think I, I do in the um, kind of kitsch sense of it. I've always been really fascinated by it. And I love hearing my mom's stories about like growing up <laughs> in the 80s. And I love the eight, I love 80s music. But of course, oh, yeah. like Soviet Union uh, 80s are, is so different than mm-hmm. U.S. 80s that it, it feels just like a, a completely different monster. Yes. And, you know, um, we're so fortunate in this country to, you know, be able to see the the latest releases, even back in the eighties, you know, at at the cinema or uh, back at that time mm-hmm. when it came out for rent on VHS. I mean, this was a different time, and I know this, yeah. Sarah, because I don't know if you have figured this out or are aware, but I grew up in the eighties, so I lived <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, if you ever have a question about the eighties in a future role, please give me a call. I can answer any question you have. Great, I'll have you on the speed dial. <laughs> But I have to tell you, uh, oh gosh, all of that wonderful music, so much variety. But yes, in this film, you know, we see how Russian civilians are not so fortunate, at least most of them. I mean, we're talking about having to view things, you know, you know, pirated uh, broadcasts and and bootleg copies, no doubt, um, from that time period, which often means sometimes they're not always going to have the highest quality. And there's some misinformation about titles and and topics, which came up in the film with a reference to Star Wars, which was very clever, by the way. But what kind of research did you do to portray this character? Yeah, I'd say that I was definitely, my research was much more focused on trying to um, understand Lena and where she was coming from more than the decade itself. Um, but I... You know, my my life growing up in Seattle was so different than her life growing up in Soviet Union, Russia. So I was I had to do a lot of research to try to like try to fit into a uh, sweater, if you will, that definitely didn't look good when I first tried it on. So <laughs> I um, was reading a lot of memoirs and uh, doing a lot of research just to try to understand what what life was like then and also what would mm-hmm. compel somebody to um, become a mail order bride to get out of it. And she definitely was not alone in doing that. There were a lot of stories of other women that did the same thing. And of course it being a true story um, from our amazing writer director, Wes's life, he was an incredible resource as well. Um, because really the love, the, the movie is really like a love story um, and a love note to his mom in uh, their relationship um, and everything that she did for him. So, yeah, I, I would say that me and then all, the other actors as well really leaned on him for um, just whatever advice or thoughts he had about what his life was like. And, you know, her efforts to 
try to get her and her son to America, you know, with the mail order bride approach. Obviously, so many mm. took that approach as well. You know, it, it, it's done out of love. It, it's done out of the understanding yeah. that there could be a better life for my son. Uh, that was one of my favorite elements of the film was the mother-son dynamic. Yes, Botato is discovering who he is, right? Uh, with his sexuality and, and, and all of that. And, but it's just the love between the two that I really found myself immersed with. Um, and your character, my response to how you portrayed her, if you would like to know, is that I sensed that there was a very fun lively person there but she was bogged down by the clutches of oppression and i just thought you did a fantastic job displaying that throughout the film thank you thank you that's so nice and what is the most although you did describe a little bit of this but after you did it right sarah and you look back, what was the most challenging part of playing a real person? Is it an extra weight on your shoulders? Like, wow, I've really got to keep in mind that I'm portraying a real person. I mean, does that restrict your freedom as an actress when you portray a role uh, that is fictional compared to a real person? You know, um, in an odd way, I really, I don't know if it didn't like compute in my brain or if I just like chose to ignore it or what, but I, I really wasn't focused on the fact that she was a real person. I think that I was more focused on the fact that it's like, um, Wes's mother through his eyes. So sort of, it was kind of a, a character in itself, right? Because that's, that's his version and his, uh, his impression of who his mother is, um, from his like childlike perspective. Right. So I think that it was more like building that. And I'm, I mean, I'm genuinely really glad that I didn't feel that pressure because I, I think I would have been crushed by it. I get, I, mm -hmm. I don't know if I have anxiety about that kind of thing. So <laughs> it, um, <laughs> well, you probably <laughs> took the right I, approach then because that, that'll help you catch yeah, your breath. And I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad it worked out because I, looking back on it, I don't know if that was like the wisest situation <laughs> but yeah <laughs> well i tell you what um, um i think you did a, a an outstanding job like i've mentioned several times um you know this film was very creative of from an imagery standpoint from the you know the oh, yeah. uh the sets and the style of filming I, mean, I was like all of a sudden wow this is like um almost a slight musical feel to this uh, particular scene or wow, this is a really playful uh, approach to telling this story. Um, you know, mm -hmm. were you aware that it was going to be to that extent? Uh, uh, like, like there was going to be all uh, these other elements or is that something you kind of discover later when you get to view the film? Oh, I was definitely aware um, in the moment we had an incredible, uh, set designer and artistic director Kristen Bonnelly and she and her team created all of the sets from like literally nothing um on a crazy teeny budget and like the talent is just bonkers like you would never know that that film was filmed on like in an empty old staples store like in mm -hmm. the suburbs of Seattle like they just they built everything from the ground up and it was wild um <laughs> but yeah Wes had a, a very very like clear um 
he had a very clear uh, idea of what he wanted to do visually as well as narratively and everything. So I, I think from from the moment I set foot on my first day of rehearsal, I was like, oh, yeah, this is like this is different and it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how long did it take for you to complete filming for your role in the film? Yeah, so they did. They filmed the second half of the film first, um, and then oh, that was done first. I, yeah, the second half was done first, and I wasn't cast until they were actually done filming the second half. Wow, third. very interesting how that all works. Um, and yeah, it it was it was trippy. So I was I was cast just really a couple of weeks before we started filming and then we just filmed for I think I had 14 days and then it was it was done yeah Lauren Tweez who yes. was such a big part of a classic television program and again I was there growing up when it was airing on ABC television uh, the love boat <laughs> and she was also a guest, Sarah, on my podcast for a special tribute that I did to The Love Boat. And uh, no I had That's such awesome. a nice time speaking with her. And um, I was so excited to see that she was in this film. Yeah, she's great. She brought so much life to that um, character. It was, it was so fun to watch her work, especially because, you know, my character... Um, I was definitely kind of the opposite of comic relief in, in this film. So to have that like levity that she brought to, um, to her part was, was incredible. It was so fun to watch her work. It sure was. And, and such a talented lady. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always wishing her the best. Well, what is Wes's style as a director? Is he fast paced? Is he, more uh, on the slower side, he really likes to take his time. Or did you notice anything particular about his style? I didn't notice anything particular necessarily, um, other gotcha. than like his his vision was so clear, um, and it was just really cool being a part of bringing that to life. Um, yeah, he. Def- I felt like we were always running out of time, but I think that that's just like a classic indie film making <laughs> problem. It's like. Yeah, don't have enough time for anything. <laughs> also, another actor in this film, uh, during the second half of the film, who was also a part of a very uh, much-beloved television show, Dan Luria, from The Wonder mm-hmm. Years. and uh, But he was, uh, of course, in the uh, second half of the film. Did you um, get a chance to uh, speak with Dan by chance? I didn't, I didn't get a chance to speak with him and I never, um, met him either, gotcha. but he is, he's amazing in the film. And I just know how much, you know, Wes like grew up watching those shows. So he was so excited yes. to be able to work with both of them. And yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience for, for him. And then watching their characters come to life on the screen was just really special. And what was, um, perhaps your favorite moment in the film? I mean, do you have a moment like for you personally that you were involved with that just was stands out to you or you have a certain connection with in particular? I just, I really loved all of the moments where um, I was able to just kind of like banter with Leah Deloria and, and her shoe plays um, down potato. I, I don't know. We just, we had a very kind of family vibe on set um with the two of them and it was 
it was really, really fun. And those are really special moments for sure. That's wonderful. And, and when all was said and done and it's finally released, um, what was your immediate response? Existential dread. I hate watching myself on screen. I oh, can't. <laughs> I see. You don't like that part. <laughs> no, but I loved, I loved seeing, um, how proud Wes was and the positive response that he was receiving for something that just means so much to him. It, it brought me so much joy and it made, it made the dread lesson a lot. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. And you know what? It has been receiving some, uh, positive response, hasn't it? Uh, especially from certain uh, audience members that can identify in one way or another with the film or people who just like artistic, you know, ways of telling a story. Yeah, cause it is. It's really unique the way that he, um, that he chose to make it. And I think that that's resonating with, uh, with people a lot. Now, Sarah, I would like to ask this because I get the feeling that maybe you are portraying a character that was a few years older than you actually are. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I just want to make sure I wasn't uh, off on that. Um, so thanks for clarifying that. Now, have you got anything that you are setting your sights on at the moment for a next project? Yeah, I just, um, I just wrapped a, small role in um, an upcoming Showtime series. It's going to be coming out in the fall called Three Women, and it's an adaptation of uh, Lisa Tadeo's book, which is just a beautiful meditation on um, kind of exploration of female sexuality and the way that it's the way that women are just like suppressed into a little box. And these women are kind of breaking out of that box throughout the story. And they're all true stories, which is amazing. And I'm just like a little, I'm a little nugget in the beautiful show. And that was a really, really cool experience. So yeah, that's what I have coming up and hopefully more things in the future. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure there will be. Well, congratulations. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And you said that is this fall that that will be available. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to be looking for you, and um, I just want to say it was so much fun speaking with you today. I really enjoyed uh, learning more about your background and the approach to your character and, and so on and so forth. Are you a person that uh, has a presence on social media, if someone wanted to follow you, so to speak, on Instagram and whatnot? I, yeah, I do. I I, um, I wouldn't say that I'm like you know, always posting about work or anything, but I do have an Instagram just at Sarah Barbieri, which is my complicated name spelling, which will probably be in the title of this episode. <laughs> um, and that's yeah, right. That's, just that's look at the title of the episode. Yeah. Look at the title of the episode. <laughs> Put an ad at the beginning. That's me. Um, but yeah, so I'm on, I'm on Instagram at that. Um, and that's it. Great. Well, I'm going to be sure to follow you. You'll probably get two follows, my personal Instagram page and then the podcast page. So I look <laughs> forward to seeing whatever updates you might have. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I want to wish you the best. I hope you have a safe and fun summer. Um, I think you are a very talented lady, and I sure hope you get to come back again someday. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me, Stephen. Hollywood and Beyond Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening.